Well, we want going to a time of teaching right now, an opportunity for us to open up God's Word together, to allow God to speak to us directly through His Word, and just, and just allow it to just make an impact in our life as we just continue to draw closer and closer to Him. Well, I, I don't know if you've ever felt disappointed about where you are in life. Do you ever wake up and, and, and you think, by the time that I was this age, or, or by the time I got to this season in my life, I thought I would be doing something more, or something different, or something more significant than I am right now. So you, you kind of have these secret or maybe not so secret goals of, I'd like to accomplish this. I'd like to get that. I'd like to have this type of relationship in my life. And then when you find out you get what you thought you wanted, you still feel like life is a little bit empty still. Then one day, You're aware that life seems to be passing you by. Do you ever wonder in these times, is this all there is? Is there something more to life than just this? Spoiler alert, there is. (laughs) There is something more to this. And that's why the title of today's message is called Getting Closer to God. See, we're, we've been in this series called Predetermined, and we're, taking, we're talking about the power of our decisions because the direction of our life, it's determined by the quality of the decisions that we make, right? Our decisions are incredibly important. But the problem is this, most of us are just not great decision makers, So what we're doing and what we've been doing over a period of a few weeks is this. We are predetermining some important decisions in our life. And we have this statement that we've been looking at and working through. And instead of waiting sometime in the future, in some certain situation, and, and possibly having our emotions take over, instead we're saying this, when I am faced with blank... When I'm faced with a certain situation, I have predetermined to do this, to act like this, to respond like this. You see, here's the thing that we need to understand. We're not waiting until the future to to decide the moment, to decide whatever is going on. But with the wisdom of God, we're deciding ahead of time. And there are six specific areas that we are predetermining that we're going to be to reflect the goodness of God as followers of Christ. In the first week of that, we decided that we predetermined that we are ready. That we are ready. That the enemy is coming after you. That the, that the enemy is attacking you day after day after day. And knowing that, this idea of when I'm faced with this temptation, I've predetermined that I'm going to be ready, or I'm going to be on guard, or I'm going to be watchful, I'm going to be prayerful. Like, whatever it is that we are predetermined that we are going to be ready. Last week, we looked at the idea of being consistent. Today, we're going to look at being, 
devoted. And then after this, we're going, we're going to talk about the gift of generosity. Then after that, we're going to be faithful. And then the final week of our series, we're going to talk about being a finisher. Today, though, I want to talk about devotion. Devotion. And with God's help, I will be devoted in all that I do. See, as followers of Jesus, we're going to be devoted to Christ. And Jesus was the one who said this in Matthew chapter 6. He says this, but seek first, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. And then as you, after you do that, I said, then all these things will be given to you. We seek first God. That's what we do. When we are devoted to God, when we're devoted to His kingdom, then all those things you're searching for in life that matter, that bring fulfillment, that make a difference. See, when you seek first, then God brings fulfillment into your life. When you seek Him first, He will provide all of that to you. He will, then you will experience joy and you experience fulfillment and and purpose. That's why we're going to say this today, like our main point that I'm going to say over and over again that I'm going to encourage you to say over and over again this coming week. It's this, I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. That is what we need to understand. That is what we need to do. That is the mindset we need to do. I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. I have predetermined before the next day even comes, I will seek first the one who matters most because I am devoted to Jesus. Now that raises this question. What does it mean to be devoted to Jesus? What does that even mean? Well, I'll give you some context from the book of Acts. When you see the first century believers, after Jesus had given his life on the cross, after he was raised from the dead, he has ascended to a seat at the right hand of God the Father. When all the believers were together, it says that God sent a wind like a mighty storm. And what did it do? It said it filled them with the Holy Spirit. The question is this. What did these first century followers of Jesus devote their lives to so they could experience all of that? Well, Acts 2 actually tells us what they devoted their lives to. And it says this in Acts 2, 42. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They heard teaching about the Word of God. They fellowshiped with each other. They broke bread, and they were completely devoted to prayer. And because of that devotion, here was the result of all that in verse 43. It says, everyone 
was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They were devoted to the things that made them close to God. They were seeking first Jesus and his kingdom and his righteousness. And then because of that, it says God added everything else and they were effective in their ministry. Even non-believers looked on them and they went, wow, what is going on with these people? These people, they're just, they're so full of love. They're doing so many miracles. They were devoted to the word of God, to prayer, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread. The Greek word translated as devoted is a really cool word that's actually in the imperfect tense. What does that mean? What, what is an imperfect tense? Well, what it means is it's, the, it's ongoing. It's not this one-time devotion, but it's an ongoing, continual devotion. When it says they devoted themselves, this wasn't just, okay, they devoted themselves between 9 and 10 on this day, and this is what God did. No. What that word devoted said, it said that devotion was ongoing. It was continual. It kept on going. It didn't stop. It could very accurately be, dis, be translated that they were continually devoted. In other words, these disciples had a single-minded, ongoing pursuit of Jesus. We seek first the one who matters most. But pause for just a moment. And imagine, and just imagine here, that that verse written about the first century Christians would be written today, describing modern day Christians. I would say maybe even what you call a cultural Christian or a casual Christian. You know the type. Some of us are that type. You're the one, you're the one that kind of like, you know, you say, well, I believe in God. I believe in God. You just won't see it in my life. I believe in God, but you won't hear about it in my life. Yeah, I, I may go to church every now and then. No, really, I'm, I, I'm trying to be a good person. I kind of believe in God. But you know, no one really knows that much about it. Imagine for a moment that Acts 2, 42 to 43 Imagine if that verse were written about people today and, was to, and, and talked and described their devotion. I would say that Acts 42 from the MCV version, that is the modern Christian version, would probably go something like this. They devoted themselves to themselves. They continually and passionately pursued a self-centered life of comfort and ease. Now, I don't mean to be rude, and I don't want to nitpick anyone here, because these are good people. They just wanted it to be liked, right? They wanted it to be comfortable. And many may be listening, and you're probably saying, well, that's not me. And in many cases, 
that's not you. Or at least, hopefully, it's not you. But what I want to do, just in case it is you, is give you a little illustration of perspective. And here it is. I I want you to think about your coming week. And the number I want to share with you about your coming week is this, it's relevant and it's the same for everybody. And that's the number 168. Everybody this coming week, it doesn't matter what you're doing or what you're not doing, where you are in life, where you're not in life, if you're working, if you're not working, every single person this coming week will experience and live that number of 168. Do you know what that number represents? It represents one week of your life. One week has 168 hours in it. Now, if you're devoted to something, you will probably agree that you tend to devote your time to that which you're devoted to. And what I want to do is just kind of ask you to think about this for a moment. Where do you spend your time during a normal 168-hour week? What do you do with all that time? I can help you answer some of that because according to research, there is research that has been done on this. I know that the average person, it's not everybody because everyone's got different situations. Some people work, some people don't. Some people are part-time, whatever, right? Everyone's, but the, it says the average person will spend a third of your week sleeping. Maybe some of you have sleep apnea. It might not be a third. But it says the average person spends about a third of their time sleeping in the week. Then it goes on to say that the average person will spend another third of their time doing something along the lines of, going to work or going to school or, or, or something along those lines where they're spending significant time. It could be volunteering. It could be whatever, right? Which leaves you with exactly 56 flexible hours remaining in your week. Now, how many of you are on Facebook? I know you're on YouTube right now. But how many of you are on Facebook? If you are on social media of any kind, studies show that the average, it's not everybody, but it says the average social media user spends 17 hours a week on that platform, which means it's taking up 17 of your 56 hours remaining in your week leaving you, after that 17 hours, leaving you with roughly about 39 hours left for what I'm going to call other stuff. And we all have other stuff, right? Like getting gas for the car, going to grocery stores, doing errands, cooking, cleaning, binge-watching the next hottest uh, TV show. But wait a minute. Knowing all that, there's still just a little hour left. Now, where would you spend that one hour? 
you know? Maybe my notes tell me, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. We're Christians, right? And that hour that's left in our week, it goes to God, right? Obviously, a lot of us devote of us devote more than an hour to God, but some of us don't even devote that and call themselves Christians. To state what's really obvious, if you invest one hour a week in anything, it doesn't matter what it is, but in anything, you're probably not going to grow or improve significantly in that thing, right? And that could be anything. It could be learning to play an instrument. It could be whatever it is. If you're only spending an hour, you're probably not really going to grow or improve significantly in that area. So if we are only partially devoted to God, if we only spend a little bit of time with God, you know, when it's easy, when it's convenient, when we don't have anything else to do with our week, and it's no wonder we fall back into the same old sins. It's no wonder we rarely share our faith these days. It's no wonder we're more concerned with what people think about us than God thinks about us. It's no wonder we find ourselves lukewarm, wondering, is there anything more in life? See, if we only give God what's left over at the end of our week, we have to ask ourselves this then, are, am I really, truly devoted to God? If we want to live a life fully devoted to the things of Jesus, what I want you to know is this, it's not going to happen by accident. I've never come across someone said, you know what, I was minding my own business one day, and all of a sudden, bam, I was a super Christian. Out of the blue, it just happened by mistake. It happened by accident. I want you to know, being fully devoted to Jesus, it's not going to be accidental. Because you have to predetermine. You have to be intentional. You have to be devoted. And we need to decide ahead of time that I want to live with an ongoing, single-minded pursuit of Jesus. So how do we do that? Well, I want to show you how we can do that in John 15. When Jesus was telling this kind of parable here, he was likely near a vineyard, knowing what he was using as he was sharing, and people were looking on, and Jesus said this to his disciples. In John 15, and this is where we want to spend the rest of our time here today, but John 15, in verse 5, this is what it says. It says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's illustrate it this way. Let's illustrate this. Jesus says, I am the vine. And what are you? Come on. What are you? According to what Jesus just said. That's right. You are the branch. Right? You are the branch. So here's the key 
to all this. When you, the branch, are connected to Jesus, the vine, what happens is this. You bear spiritual fruit. And what is this spiritual fruit that you talk about? Well, according to Galatians 5, it's this. It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. And it's self-control. If you're displaying consistent love and joy and peace, and so on, and so on, do you think your life is empty? If you're consistently experiencing that and showing that in your life? No, you're not. You're living the highest calling of life. Your life used to be empty, but when you're the branch and you're connected to the vine, your life starts to be full of what really matters. And what really lasts in life. That's what happens. So let's play a game here just for a moment. There's one word that appears 11 different times in this chapter in John. Which means it's probably an important word, right? If if there's a a word that appears 11 times in a chapter, it's probably something you need to pay attention to and something that God is really trying to to get across. What we're going to do is this. We're going to try to find that word together and see what it is. Okay? Here we go. Verse 4. This is what we read. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Do you have the word yet? I hope so. The word is what? It's remain. And this word remain, it comes from the Greek word meno, M-E-N-O. And that Greek word meno, it means this. It means to abide, to dwell, to live in. That's what that means. That word remain, you know, to abide, to dwell, to live in. This is not just a one-hour weekly duty to God. I got to do it in my Bible time, right? I got to go to church so I can please God. I've got to go to Bible study. I've got to go to prayer, right? No. This is a fully devoted, all-in devotion to the one who matters most. I will seek first the one who matters most. Now, to state the obvious, it's this. The branch needs the vine, right? If you don't stay connected, you're just a dead limb, right? You're just a dead limb. You lose your life source. And that's why we predetermine, I will seek first the one who matters most. Because if I'm not connected to the vine, I don't get these spiritual nutrients, which means I don't bear fruit. And it means I can break easy, 
right? Jesus is the vine. You are the branch. So your assignment this coming week, are you ready for this? Be the branch. Be the branch. Be the one who needs and seeks and stays intentionally connected. Now, what I want to do is get really practical here. How do you live this out? Okay, that's great. I say connected. How do I live this out in my daily life? I want to talk about the first and then the all because we're going to seek first. Here's our game plan. Here's our game plan um, for this coming week and hopefully beyond for you. Here's our game plan, and this is what it is. We're going to predetermine a time. We're going to predetermine a place. And we're going to predetermine a plan. See, in order to seek God, and this isn't something we hope to do, we're actually going to start with a time. I don't know when your time would be. For some, it could be in the morning, right? Before you get out of bed. It could be during your morning coffee. It could be in the evening. It could be just before you go to bed at night. It could be sometime in the afternoon. I don't know what your time is. I don't know what it's going to be. Whatever it is, it's going to be a predetermined time that I am intentionally seeking God through His Word. Then, after you figure out that predetermined time, we need now to figure out and decide on a place. And it doesn't have to always be the same place, but if you don't have a pretty regular place, you're probably not doing this. And that place could be, could be anywhere. Could be um, your, a, your comfy chair at home. It could be um, in your bed. It could be at the, sitting at the kitchen table. Um, could even be in your car. But you need to determine a place. A regular place. So you're going to predetermine. This is the time. This is the place. And then I also have a plan for all of this. Meaning, if something's important to you, if something's important to you, you plan it ahead of time. Right? For anything. Anything that's important to you, you plan ahead of time. You, so, which means, could mean this for you. You get a, a Bible reading plan. You can pick up a book from a store. You can go, on, you can go online. You can use your phone. Um, the version Bible app. Lots of reading plans in that. So maybe for you, it's getting a Bible reading plan. It could be a podcast that you listen to. It could be a worship song that you listen to. What we're, what we're doing is this. We are predetermining this is the place, this is the time, and this is the plan so that I can continually connect with God. Because here's the thing. We have 160 hours during our week. 
And we're not going to give God whatever's left over. But instead, we're going to start and we're going to seek first the one who matters most. And that when we do that, this is what happens if, if this takes place. We just, we start walking with God. We start connecting with God. We start getting closer to God. Our time with God is not just limited, limited to some 10, 30, or 60 minute, whatever it is type of devotion. But throughout the day, we're talking with God. Throughout the day, we're listening to God. And we're aligning our hearts to God. We have this, we have a posture. We have a mindset. We have a mood of seeking Jesus first. That's what it looks like to be devoted or on your way to being devoted and fully devoted to Jesus. And if you, and what happens as you do this is this. When we're seeking Jesus, weird spiritual things start to happen when we start becoming closer to God. He starts to convict us, right? And, and, and say, we shouldn't do these wrong things anymore. He starts to, to make you weird things, like nice, or loving, or generous. You start to have joy. And he starts to give you words to say. What happens is this. God doesn't just get what's left over in your life because God is not a part of your life. Instead, God is your life. That is what devoted to him means and looks like. It's not just this little part. It's just not this compartment in our life. He's everything. It's a full devotion to the one who matters most. And all through the day, I'm seeking first the one who matters most. And it's not just a moment in time. It is a devotion instead. I have predetermined, because of who Jesus is, and because of what he's done, I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. Lord, we just, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that you set up a way for us to be devoted to you. And Lord, there's 160 hours in our week. Lord, I, my, our prayer going forward needs to be this. Lord, that we don't give you whatever might be left over at the end of the week and give that to you. That is not being devoted but instead, we need to be intentional. We need to start. And we need to predetermine a time, a place, and a plan so that we can be connected to you throughout the day and throughout the week. That it's not just a moment during the week, but it's this sense of seeking and the sense of pursuing and devotion to you throughout the entire week. Lord, help us with this. For all of these predetermining statements that we're making. Lord, we, need, we can't do it on our own, but with your help, just like last week, 
with God's help, with your help, I am devoted. Help us with this, Lord, so we can become closer to you. We pray this in your name.